fucking Tom Brady again. This is Corey, and this is the Yo the Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 357 of the Yo the Anthem podcast, coming to you from all over LA. But of course, Corey is at the hashtag OTA LA studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash Oh the Anthem. And uh, yeah, let's let's just start right there with the uh, the inevitable, the Tom Brady well, led Buccaneers. First, first, first. Yes. Let's say uh, we are of course remote, uh, and as a uh, a programming note, if you will, we will be remote for the next uh, question mark weeks as uh, all of our friends who apparently don't actually listen to the show uh, go traveling around the country and are sure to sure to catch our ire on future episodes. So. <laughs> Get ready for that, folks. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yes, the inevitable. Yes. Uh, Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have uh, won the Super Bowl. Uh, Tom Ooh. Brady Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl is not an unusual sight at this point because he officially has seven. Seven Super Bowls all to himself. Uh, the Lord. next closest franchise is uh, six, the Steelers and the Patriots, who obviously Brady played for before. Did somebody so, uh, tell him that uh, he could make like a Thanos glove when he won enough <laughs> Super Bowls? Like, what's the what's the purpose? What's really? in it for him? Yeah, I mean, I think that as sports fans, we all hope to come into a season or come into like a new quarterback and have this kind of unprecedented success. I think that if uh, Lamar had won two Super Bowls by now, we'd be very happy as Ravens fans, and I think that. You know, Tom Tom just finding a way to do it every single year, it clearly separates him from the rest. You, you want to make it about the Patriots and uh, Belichick and everything like that. But to literally, you know, this this would be like LeBron having said uh, at the end of his last Cleveland run. He's just mm -hmm. like, uh, listen, you know, I'm going to be moving on from Cleveland. I got I got bigger aspirations. I got this production studio in Hollywood. So I'm going to be joining the Los Angeles Clippers. And people are like, what? Clippers? <laughs> And then he wins the championship with the Clippers. And you're just like, oh, the most hopeless franchise of all time <laughs> got the biggest superstar and wins the championship. It seems just a little bit too too perfect in a way. But uh, here we are again. 12% of the Super Bowls that have been played have been won by Tom Brady. So uh, we're we're in that, that time of life. And I, I'll say this. Uh, the Jordan obviously has six rings. Uh, Babe Ruth has seven. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there anybody else who has this kind of unprecedented string of winning that you would put up there as like the the goats, if you will? You know, uh, Lance Armstrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's some problems with that one too, but <laughs> Phelps I mean, perhaps. Phelps. Oh wait, no, uh, no. I mean, I. Here's the thing. I, I, I mean, to be, to be fair, he only took performance decreasing drugs, like, like marijuana and alcohol. Wait, wait, wait. Are you arguing that marijuana is a performance decreasing drug? I mean, I think if you're an Olympic swimmer, it is. <laughs> if you're... But for a, a screenwriter, not so much. It's... I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Wait, wait, wait. How's that script going on, Corey? Because I believe last week we heard that uh, it'd be done by this show. Uh, so yeah, I didn't say it'd be done by this show. I'm saying I'm I'm no, my last you finished. I'm on my last scene. It's very it's very labor intensive. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. working on and it once again. Mm -hmm. Marijuana is a performance decreasing mm -hmm. drug, right? <laughs> if you're an Olympic athlete, correct? Yes. I imagine if you're if you're Jimi Hendrix, it's not. 
You know, like I mean, but could he have been better and had a longer life had he not started smoking marijuana? I don't know. It might have been the other things, not the marijuana as much. Anyway, I'm, or is marijuana a gateway drug? I'm feeling a little under attack by this whole conversation. <laughs> so I just don't on. want to talk about Tom Brady. Hey, listen. Uh, so if uh, if I was given the benefit of NFL refs who just basically let nobody touch me until I was well into my 40s, and I had the benefit of the best um, medical uh, staff that the world could provide, mm-hmm. then I could probably win seven championships too. I got a decent arm. I am good on my feet. Um, I bang supermodels regularly. So, I mean, literally, it's we're like the same person. I could go out and play. I I, I don't agree. I, I got to say, you know, like, um, we used to have this thing with Jeter all the time where we said Jeter was way overrated. If he didn't play for the Yankees, if he wasn't, like, the captain of the Yankees, then it would be a very different life for him. Yeah. And I think about this a lot of times with, like, uh, you know, Philip Rivers and Eli Manning had their thing where they were each drafted by the the Chargers and the Giants, and then they traded the two picks so that Eli could go to the Giants rather than be with the Chargers. And the thought process was when Eli was coming in was that the Chargers were such a dumpster fire that there would be no chance for him to be able to win a championship with them. And his best hope was to go to the Giants who would really be invested in winning a championship. Uh, I feel like... There's something to be said about Tom Brady lucked into a great situation where he was able to build up this goatness in the New England system for so long. So I still do feel like sure. Belichick has a strong amount to play in the success of Tom Brady. And but, then he went to a team that spent money on him and Rob Gronkowski and, and Antonio Brown and put the well, pieces around him. And he played in the NFC South. Yeah. The NFC South is where he had to win to get in the playoffs. You put him in Cincinnati and he is watching the Super Bowl from home with the rest of us. I, I, I'm not denying that. I'm, I'm just saying that uh, I think that they did make a serious investment in the team to to all of a sudden get good getting tom brady means that you don't you're not rebuilding you're you're no. trying to win right away so yep. they went out there and they they made the acquisitions that they needed and it always seems to me like when in sports more recently when when a team goes from being very good to elite or like a super bowl level team or a championship worthy team they all of a sudden seem to luck into a bunch of people who were released from somewhere else so you luck into a leonard fournette or an antonio brown or something like that which certainly helped the bucks in the super bowl but the uh, i mean i i do think this would be a different game if the if the chiefs were healthy obviously that's not how this works (laughs) you can't just wait until everyone's healthy to play the game but uh that offensive line for the chiefs was just uh miserable last night yeah and uh the stat that I just saw was uh, Mahomes had 497 yards rushing behind the line of scrimmage, like trying to avoid tackles, uh, avoid sacks. It was 497 yards just running for his life. And I don't think Mahomes is healthy either. I imagine we're going to hear something about him having some sort of like foot surgery or something like that coming up. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Like it, it more than anything, I, my the thing I want to hang my hat on this week is that if you listened to me last week on this podcast before you made your gambling advice, you yeah. would have heard me say, go with the Bucks. You're getting free points. Uh, people didn't want to believe me on that. 
I also said, I also let a little, uh, you know, a little prop action in there on the uh, Rob Gronkowski touchdown. <laughs> You Man, needed I, three though. No, you needed three. Because I remember if if we talked, if I remember correctly about how we talked about it, I said I, I'm in for the one. And then you were like, uh, "What about the first one of the game?" I'm like, mm, "I mean, it could happen, but I don't know if it'll be the first one of the game." But I'm feeling mm-hmm. very confident about one. And then you said, "What about two? Because the payout on that was whatever outrageous number." And I'm just like, "Yeah, mm, two maybe." And then you got to three. And I'm like, "No, ridiculous. He's not going to score. <laughs> He's not going to score three touchdowns." And, uh, you know, I, I think my my football, my my crystal brain with the football worked very well for for predicting this game. I'm, I'm a little bit upset that I didn't uh, I didn't brave COVID on the strip to try and <laughs> try and get some some lucky bets in, you know, but well, a gentleman in Houston put three and a half million on the bucks to win by more than 14. I don't know what the odds are on that, given that what it was three. They mm-hmm. were uh, by plus three. But if you take a three and a, a half casino takes a yeah if, it, if a casino takes a plus fourteen for three and a half million I gotta imagine that the payout's gonna be pretty good yeah so um good for you buddy um but also fuck Tom Brady so well I mean, uh, I'm proud to say I didn't watch a minute of the game uh here here's the thing I four hundred fifty thousand people are dead uh. I always make this illusion and people always wave it off and you're probably going to wave it off and that's fine. But you know, uh, the Romans used to put, have gladiators battling in the arena in the Coliseum. They would have people fighting lions and tigers and uh, bucks uh, because they wanted to keep people distracted from what was going on in the world. Yeah. And here we are 2000 years later, we've learned so very much. So, I mean, to be fair, we've been doing this for 55 years now. So I think the Super Bowl is, not just something that they came up with to to distract the masses. I mean, like it was. True, part but of, it's a good card to have to play when you need to distract the masses. And you know, um, hey, we've been doing it for fifty five years. It's not like we just made this up to distract you. I mean, I, I would I would hope that uh, I would hope that many people took to, to heart the advice to watch the Super Bowl at home. I think we're going to find out in ten to two weeks, what, ten ten days to two weeks, what uh, uh, that looked like. At least here in LA, we'll know for sure. We'll get the the notice of how many new cases there are. The good news, yes. though, apparently, is that uh, nobody is getting tested anymore. So it's just like lots of maybe, spots. Maybe the numbers are down just because nobody's getting tested. Um, lots of spots available. Um, but uh, I will say that uh, also. So I I played uh, Call of Duty instead of watching the Super Bowl. I was in like a little tournament and then played around the zombies. And uh, we have something that we call the sweaty lobbies. And sweaty lobbies are full of tryhards. It's like, brother, just like chill out. You're you're doing too much. Uh, it's usually people who like blow themselves up for two or three games so that they get in a lobby full of people like me who just are trying to have fun and then they like decimate. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady's a fucking tryhard. He's sweaty. And he needs to goddamn relax. Just retire and go fuck your model girlfriend already. You know what? Or go see your model baby mama, who is not the see, same one as the model you're currently. See, but fucking. the difference is, uh, like, uh, again, I, I, I get it. I, I too hate Tom Brady. I, I wish, I wish he would just retire and leave the rest of the league to enjoy mm-hmm. themselves. But you know, if you were a Bucks fan right now, you would be super happy. If you had been a Patriots fan for the last two decades, you would have been very happy with yourself. If Tom Brady got drafted by the Ravens instead in the sixth round, then we'd be very happy with all the Super Bowls we had won with him on the team. And then that's the question. 
If Tom Brady is anywhere other than New England at that exact moment, does he win all these championships? If it was nope. Philip Rivers <laughs> instead who was in New England, just, you know, picking a name of somebody who didn't win a Super Bowl <laughs> during the time he played, like, could Bill Belichick have made Philip Rivers into Tom Brady? And then when if Drew Bledsoe didn't have glass for a knee, would we even know the name Tom Brady? See, but I, I think that you can't say that Bledsoe was better than Brady at this point because like he's no but Tom Brady would never started he started oh, because no. Bledsoe went down oh yeah I, I know that but I'm saying like you know I, I think at some point Brady would have probably usurped Bledsoe if they were seeing what they were seeing early enough on I think he would have gotten traded he would have asked for a trade like Jimmy Garoppolo and got <clears> sent somewhere <throat> where he was on his back more than he was on his feet for a game and then that would have been it I mean very and well could have like, happened well, look at Look at this dumpster fire. Whoa, we overpaid for him. And then talk radio in Cincinnati. By the way, Tom, if you want a challenge, get out of the NFC South, go to Cincinnati, come play in the AFC North for a season, and let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> let's let's see what happens when you have an offensive line like the Chiefs did last night. Just, yeah, uh, but it's like a regular play, starting five. Play the Ravens, the Steelers, and eh, depending on the year, apparently, the Browns. <laughs> six of the seventeen or six of the sixteen games you have to play. And, and we'll see how you feel at the end of that season. But it, it, it is what it is. Uh more importantly, I think for you, um, and for most of the people like you watching the game, was the halftime show and the commercials. Was there anything again, I didn't watch it, so I don't really uh, I saw the memes, I, I don't really watch the show. So I mean, I thought the halftime show was really good. I think that uh, something that a lot of people are going to have a hard time with is that they couldn't put on the same kind of Super Bowl halftime show as they do in years past because COVID, you know, it's just like not possible to do the same way. Uh, but I thought The weekend did a great set. He he performed all the hits uh, and, you know, obviously closed it out with blinding lights. And, you know, I, I, I think that the extra, all the all the little artistic touches that were put on it definitely helped it I, I wouldn't I think the best version of a performance of his though was at the VMAs when they did it on top of the the building in Midtown and had the fireworks and everything like that that might have been the more uh the better version of a weekend performance on national television but I think nothing beats the eyeballs you're getting at the Super Bowl you're nobody's gonna see the VMA performance nearly as much as they're gonna see the Super Bowl and uh he did a great job and Again, winning because the Grammys, which wouldn't allow him to perform because he chose the Super Bowl instead, got canceled or got postponed. Yeah. And now The weekend has this big, huge opportunity to be able to uh, put on a show at the Super Bowl, the biggest stage for a musical performer. So, you know, it's... So I I will say, The weekend and Tom Brady are in the same category, I think. I think overhyped... Okay. Uh, all right. If you're done jumping on the weekend's dick, I'd like to just say it was a smart business decision because he spent $7 million of his own money on the same video and everybody was like pointing that out and uh, he didn't get paid and he missed the Grammys. Well, Grammys got canceled so or postponed, so that didn't matter. And a 30-second spot was going for uh, $2.5 million, mm. I think. And he did a seven-minute ad for his uh, tour, which is going to start at the end of 2021. Yeah, I think it was longer than that. I think it was probably like a 15-minute long set or well, something. So 
uh, re- removing the songs from the previous uh, previous album and just doing mm. the uh, the bits that are off the new album. And like, this is what my show will look like. And here's the song off the new album. Uh, smart business decision. Good for you. He, he got like $134 million worth of ad time. I so. mean, the, the problem too, though, you know, like tying into this weekend V Tom Brady thing that we've all of a sudden created. <laughs> like, I think that uh, the weekend was really a good pick because it's really hard to find somebody who uh, hasn't done the show recently that also mm-hmm. has kind of a broad appeal across uh, the spectrum. And I also imagine that if my dad was watching the Super Bowl last night and watched the weekend set, then mm-hmm. he would enjoy it more than he would enjoy, I don't know, pick uh, Miley Cyrus. You know, like sure. he wouldn't he wouldn't enjoy that one as much. There would be, certainly be he... people who would enjoy it more, but you got to think when you're the Super Bowl, you got to be like, if we're losing out on a, a smidge of the audience because we pick somebody who's not as universal, then uh, maybe people don't watch. Uh, what about uh, Takashi Six Nine? You think that that has like that universal appeal? No, <laughs> I don't imagine. I don't imagine he does. Uh, what you're describing is vanilla ice cream, and I usually hear you railing against vanilla ice cream when it comes to music. No, I I don't think this is vanilla ice cream. I think that he is. I think the weekend is about as good as we have right now in a very bad musical environment. Um, but. I'm not saying that he's the, you know, number one best performance you could possibly get in that set, but I also don't think the number one best performance you could get would have as wide of an audience as The Weeknd. So it's kind of like you got to figure out the, like, imagine if you were picking a wedding song, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great wedding song or a lot of great songs you could pick, but you know, they're about like you know breaking up with somebody or <laughs> war or white wedding, yeah. By, uh... Sister, or whatever was it called? Well, that was Billy, uh, Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Yeah. When, uh, White Wedding, which is not about a wedding whatsoever. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I'm saying you got to figure out something that actually fits with what you're doing. To, you know, like, it, it, a, a great song doesn't necessarily make a great wedding song. You have to find a great song that works for that moment. So you got to, with the Super Bowl, it's not just about finding the absolute best musician you possibly can. You have to find somebody who is... A good musician puts on a good show, is popular, and is popular with a uh, wider band of people, even if they don't know it. Oh wait, wait, that's like a it's one of those like people though. people don't know. Like going back to the Miley Cyrus thing, I mean, like people have heard of her. You know, does my dad have any any idea of any of her songs? No. Probably not. No. Uh, if he tunes into the Super Bowl and sees her at the halftime show, is he going to enjoy himself? Probably not. So it's like one of those like. Will the weekend be more enjoyable for someone like my dad who has no context of who these people are than the average, you know, because there's so many people who are watching the show who have never heard of the musical artist or maybe know of them, but don't know who they are, you know? Well, how do you think Pepsi mm-hmm. felt about sponsoring a halftime show that was basically all about Coke? Yeah, I got you. See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, that's not a fair comparison because clearly the only song to play at a wedding uh, is a country song by uh, Blake something or other that's uh, the biggest mistake of my life. Um, <laughs> that is what I would want to be played at my wedding or maybe to the bride at the, the altar as I drive away. Well, here, here, I, here I have to find 
<laughs> I have to find a funeral song too at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, anyway, so more oh, sports it, news and just uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I was just gonna say just uh, just to finish up the Super Bowl, uh, the commercials too. Uh, yes, there were there were some good ones. Uh, I I think you know you find any list of the funniest best Super Bowl ads. You know, it'll all be kind of the same things. Like the, I think the Jason Alexander hoodie was a popular one, and uh, you know the five G ones where it was like break, or the T Mobile ones where it was breaking up and stuff like that. Nothing really went above and beyond to me as like super hilarious or like you know like oh my god I can't wait to tell people about this. Uh, the one that had the uh, Four Seasons total landscaping for Fiverr I thought was pretty fun, but that was a that felt like a very specific joke for someone like me as opposed to and for this year we might not get the general audience like the best uh, that Beyonce Pepsi ad from the Super Bowl from like 2001 will be a great ad forever because it's just Beyonce being hot and drinking a Pepsi but five years from now we're going to be like I remember okay I remember the landscaping thing I don't remember why it's funny I just don't remember why it's funny there, I mean, I I feel like the the general enjoyment of, co- of the commercials was high. Like I I didn't watch any and go like, oh man, that sucked. I can't believe they put that there. It was just a lot of like, you know, C's and B's. But there wasn't anything yeah. where you're saying to yourself like, the best Super Bowl commercials of all time include Apple's 1984 and the mm-hmm. Budweiser one from the 2020 2021 Super Bowl. You know, like. Well, there uh, was no Budweiser one. There was a Bud Light one where, like, all the yeah. legends came back. But, like, you know, again, whatever. Uh, I think more than anything, I, I I get we're in a very unusual time in this country and that things are very divided. But I needed to hear that less and less from brands that are trying <laughs> to make money off. Like, I love I love Bruce Springsteen fine. You know, mm-hmm. Jeep is whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fine brand. I wouldn't buy it. But, you know, people enjoy them. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily. You're need... not cool enough. You're not cool enough to drive a Jeep. I'm sorry to tell you. I don't need yeah. the. Uh, I don't need the the Super Bowl commercial from Jeep where they're just like, we're all gonna meet in the middle of America at this little chapel in Kansas. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, fine. <laughs> I guess, sure. I mean, like it just seems like. Uh, well, <laughs> there was a joke where it was just like, uh, the Tide Company vehemently <laughs> opposes the rise on the Capitol or whatever. Like, it's just like every every brand feels like they need to get in on some sort of political side or to be uh, specifically non-political at a political uh, time, you know? like Also, Jeep, uh, as a coastal elite, Kansas <laughs> is a really fucking far drive. Can we make it like <laughs> Reno or somewhere in the middle? <laughs> Can we make it somewhere in the middle of the country, but fun? <laughs> I, also, my electric vehicle is not going to make it there. The charging stations just don't work to get to that. Uh, could we make it somewhere that's more electrical, uh, convenient? That'd be great. Thanks. Well, Jeep doesn't care about that. No, they don't. No, no. Again, you're not cool enough to drive a Jeep. You're not their uh, their person. Sorry. <laughs> not their... See, but I wouldn't imagine that many people who are Jeep people are the type of people who would want to like be the uniting type either though oh no a lot of them are facing charges for uh, storming the capitol a few weeks ago so i mean like you know i wasn't going to put it like that but i mean i imagine that if we <laughs> if we did a poll of people who charged the capitol we would see a lot of jeeps i think it would be a heavy True. heavy jeep and pickup truck crowd also uh my sister drives a jeep so <laughs> you know there's also that it's also moms who are like uh 
there is nothing that will keep this child away from my weekend uh, by myself. So <laughs> it snows. Sorry, Dad. I'm dropping him off on your doorstep. Here you go. <laughs> or, per- or perhaps I don't want anybody breaking the glass on my window, so let's me get the one with the, <laughs> the zip-off windows. Well, I mean, she doesn't keep anything in there worthwhile anyway. They can steal a car seat. I got some uh, six-week-old crackers in here if you really want them. You like goldfish? Uh, lesson I learned. Don't eat any of the snacks in my sister's car. Could have been there two days. Could have been there two months. There's no telling how old the snacks are. I generally don't eat snacks out of other people's cars. <laughs> I think I'm okay. Well, you um, know. Uh, speaking of championships, though, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to take this moment, like, right now, before the whole season starts. By the way, you want to get to Vegas and start putting putting money down on things that have big odds. The Orioles. Listen to me. They just signed Felix Hernandez. Woo! And I'm not saying that there's other moves in the works, but I think we're just a uh, Tim Lincecum signing or maybe like a Prince Fielder or trying to think of some other guys who are prominent free agents available right now because I think we really have a good shot at competing for this 2012 World Series. Uh <laughs> I've never been more excited as an Oreo fan to know that we could hypothetically compete for the super, for this World Series that happened almost a decade ago. Uh, mm. But I think I think it's I think it's within striking distance now with with Felix in the in the in the mix. Well, as you know, Corey, the Orioles are known for two things: one, uh, not appreciating a player and having him go somewhere and win a major award, like you know a Cy Young or or uh, you know a World Series championship for yeah. that matter, or overpaying for players at the end of their career uh, to come and do absolutely nothing. Uh, I'll use the example example of one Albert Bell, who was in fact an Oriole for a brief time. He was good with the Orioles, though. It was after he left the Orioles where everything came, came I apart. I guess that's true. Yeah. Now, if you were going to make the comparison of the, olding, the, the elderly star who was trying to find one more, uh, one more season of glory, mm-hmm. uh, we could go way back. The Orioles signed Fernando Valenzuela, if you remember uh, that one. Uh, mm-hmm. We had also had Johan Santana at one point. We signed him, That's and true. he never made the team. <laughs> uh, uh, who else was there? Um, I mean, obviously, there was like Sammy Sosa and Jim Tomey were both yes, Orioles for, yes, a, for a shade yes. there. I mean, Sammy um, Sosa wasn't Sammy Sosa. He was still better than a lot of players when he played for the Orioles, though. So I mean, he still hit home runs to an extent. I, yes, you know that's really it's what exciting I came for to fans. See. Yeah, we we don't expect to win a World Series. We're just happy to be here and catch a ball. It's so funny though. Even during the lean years, when I remember when when the O's when the O's got Sammy, there was a song that Kirk Market Lopez put out to uh, uh, Old Black Betty with the O's Got Sammy. And it's like, coming for the World Series because the O's Got Sammy. And I'm just like, mm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know how this works. We're really excited about this, but uh, no reason to start printing out World Series champion T-shirts. Now it's uh, <laughs> it's going to make a, give us a reason to go and watch. Uh, it's like when Jordan went to the, to the uh, Wizards. Gives you, it gives people a reason to come to the Wizards because otherwise people weren't going. But <laughs> I listen, I I'm very excited about Felix Hernandez coming to the Orioles. I don't think it's going to equate to a lot more wins. And if I if no. he does for some reason uh, resurrect his Cy Young form, mm-hmm. I imagine it's only to trade him off and get, get some prospects and in, in, in his stead. 
Um, also, uh, let's keep in mind, uh, the last full season we played, we won 54 games. Yeah. No. 45 games? How many was it? It wasn't that many. It was 50-something uh, games, yeah. 50, yeah, 57 games. Uh, but um, so it's not like Felix can hurt us. That's what my point. My point is that he could go out there. Like Chris Davis could go out and pitch every fifth day, <laughs> and I'm not sure it would get much worse. We need to get some young kids some at bats though. So let's uh let's not let's not block them up with some Felix Hernandez if they if they're looking really promising in the minors. That's I mean I I watched a really interesting uh, video about um, oh damn um, Angels what's his name um, Trout No uh, uh, he doesn't play anymore We watched it What was it uh, the the first baseman for the Angels Oh Pujols um, Pujols yeah. We got to see if he's available I mean <laughs> 2012 wasn't really his year but he was still you know he was still up there So yeah. Well I'm sure there's a lot of people from the 2012 season who are who are just sitting around they got an all-star game on their on their shelf, like, you know. Yeah. And Pulos has his fresh legs now. He's got fresh legs, so <laughs> we should be good. We can Maybe we could try, you know. try and trade for Robinson Cano and see if we can overturn his suspension. Yeah. You know. <laughs> let's let's go. Listen, let's fucking go, Orioles. <laughs> the other thing about Baltimore is that uh, we love our criminals, whether it's murder <laughs> or, you know, using drugs. It, it doesn't matter. We'll take you. So. We take an embrace. Athlete or otherwise. Yeah, really. Just, uh, uh, anyway, do you have anything else for uh, for this segment? No, that'll do it. Okay, so we didn't open it because it was the open of the show, but we'll close it out by saying this was sports ball. All right, so uh, getting to the rest of the news of the week, the things that I really care about. Um <laughs> Actually, I really don't care about it. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't care about it because uh, Corey and I think I think have a better grip on this. Uh, this is another thing where people are hitting me up and they're saying like, well, "What do you think about this?" And I'm I keep telling them, "Do you know what political theater is?" Because you're about to experience political theater. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about the impeachment, the second impeachment of Donald J. Trump, uh, which is, and listen, I'm not a Republican. I'm not saying it's only political theater. But I am saying it. It is a hundred percent political theater. So, I I would I would agree and disagree. Yes, it's political theater. But B, I, I would disagree in saying that it's political theater because, you know, there's a real reason to impeach him here. It's oh, just not going to happen. Like, that's the point, though. That's, <laughs> that's the political theater is often. Listen, Bernie can get up there and talk about Medicare for all for the next four years till he's blue in the face. It's political theater. Because Joe ain't never signed in no Medicare for all for everybody. Mm. He did that to get people like, I mean, not like me. I voted for him out of desperation. All right. Like, it was 2.15. The lights are on. I really don't want to go home with the same broad that I had to come last weekend. So my choices are real thin. <laughs> it's going to be Biden. All right. <laughs> I just, you know, I the spent people... the last 18 <laughs> The people at this Democratic Party make me sick. I guess I'll take Biden. <laughs> yeah. I spent the last 18 months striking out on my way down the bar slut ladder, uh, and I'm left at 215 with <laughs> Biden. So keep in mind, I started out with the hottest young thing possible, Pete Buttigieg. And then eventually we get to, could there but be no, more polar opposites? Nobody, nobody appreciated him, and he left the party early. <laughs> And only to be invited back afterward because yeah. now he's transportation secretary. So yeah. thanks, Pete. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I'm seeing the stories from uh, 
uh, Iowa, which I definitely downplayed because I was a fan of Pete Buttigieg. It just, he found the technology, the company that was supplying the uh, technology for the Iowa caucuses. And then basically he's like, I'm going to pay you a bunch of money. And then if something goes wrong, I'm just going to say I won. And we're going to hope that that gives me some kind of leverage going into Nevada. So, Man, if, he, if, if they would have just not fucked that up, though. He could have yeah. had that news cycle all to himself. It really, it really yep. messed with with Pete because he he never had a, he didn't have an honest shot in New Hampshire. No, and then no. Nevada was kind of a toss up, and then uh, South Carolina, like it was, it was, uh, it was crowning I, day on on South Carolina. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but we're talking about Donald J. Trump, the former president, not right. the current one. So, which, by the way, every news outlet seems like they need to tell us. I don't. I don't know how many times I'm going to hear somebody, somebody say, "Well, you see, the trial of President, um, excuse me, former President Trump." I'm like, "Bitch, I know who the fucking president is. You don't need to. You don't even need to tell me. Time. I know. I know who he is. Um, <laughs> we celebrated. <sighs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I guess the question I have for you is: Do you think that we will be? Uh, seeing a lot of witnesses, do you think they're going to try and drag this on? I know that Schumer was trying to set it up as like uh, a 16 hour set for the uh, prosecution, I guess, the House and yeah. uh, 16 in defense. Where where do you stand going into this thing? So I, I think it's hard to say. I think we'll know more at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. Uh, because at 1 p.m. Pacific tomorrow, they're going to do yet another vote on the constitutionality of the trial as a whole. And uh, if you guys weren't following two weeks ago, I think we touched on it, but it wasn't really that kind of a big of a discussion. But when they had that, that vote, there was all of the Democrats and five Republicans voted saying it was constitutional, which in the Senate is enough to carry it and move it forward. Uh, in fact, it really was a point of order. It really wasn't a vote on anything, but it kind of said, where are we as far as the tide goes? If they take that vote tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific and that vote comes out still at five Republicans, then I have a feeling that everyone's going to acknowledge the political theater of everything and maybe dial everything back. If they pick up five more and now we're at 10 Republicans and keep in mind, we only need 17. They only need 17 Republicans to agree with them, which seems like not a lot. It's actually a third of the Republicans, but um, they need to find if, 12 that that voted to say this whole thing was unconstitutional to begin with. Two weeks ago, yeah. yeah. So basically we're getting down to the point where tomorrow's constitutional vote, if they pick up some votes, then it may run the full 16 hours on both sides. If they don't, it's likely that the House man, uh, prosecution managers will focus mainly on here's the video and then here or here's the two videos, the video of Trump, the video of the Capitol, video of Trump, video of the Capitol. Here's the video we put on Twitter. And then here's what he posted on Twitter immediately after the video. Yeah. And just basically like this was all in the public. We don't need to talk about a conspiracy that happened behind closed doors. The big complaint from the first impeachment was you made a very complex argument and it was a complex issue, but yeah, made a complex argument and people just lost interest. This is going to be very much the Twitter impeachment. It's here's the tweets. Here's the video. Here's CNN. Here's Fox News. Everywhere we're showing the same thing. This is what he said. And this is the result that it had. The question is going to be if the House wraps up in four hours of their initial offering of, of evidence, does Donald Trump's people take the full time that they can are allotted to take in defense? And if they're going to be witnesses, I feel like there are likely to be two kinds. One, 
the House offering congressmen as witnesses, which is difficult. And I'm not sure I want to even cross that bridge because can I say I'd like a member of the jury to come forward and testify? <laughs> the Senate's the jury. And can I say, uh, uh, Senator, you were here. Tell us what happened because you had just a, a particularly bad story. Like, no, I, I don't think you could do that. That goes towards the unconstitutional argument. Um, and then you'll have Donald Trump's people like talking, honestly, the same nonsense they've been saying for the last four years, which is nobody takes him seriously. Why would you think that when he said that, that's what he meant? No, we've been saying for the last four years, listen to what he said and then look at us and we'll tell you what he meant when he said what he said. Um, and that, you know, for all of history, people have been talking superfluously about fighting and, and overthrowing all that stuff. That doesn't mean that's what it actually means. Um, the House in their retort today said, uh, you can't say that uh, go and fight is anything other than meaning go and fight, especially when you say things like, I'm going to be with you. And then when you see the result, not react. Yeah. It's a combination of inciting words, the I'm going to go with you. So believing that there's some sort of like, you know, um, co co-defendantship. Uh, I can't get in trouble. Trump's coming with us. And then he didn't. And then following along and basically saying nothing, saying support, and then putting a video out saying, like, let's be calm after you've not done anything. For and that he loves the people that went and, and stormed the yeah. building. Like, yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> I imagine we'll get a lot of video. I think this will be a fun video trial, video impeachment, yeah. um, because... I think we're more likely to see just rather than witnesses, we're more than likely to see clips of people from the crowd who like I sent you a video not too long ago where people were were, you know, like in the crowd listening to Trump speak going like, yeah, we need to take the Capitol and kill these people. Like, you know, like you could hear the monologue of the people in the crowd shouting back at Trump. So you knew what Trump was saying was like hitting a nerve with (laughs) with them in some sort of way. Um, Yeah. You know, whether or not Trump could hear that individual person is up for debate. But I can't imagine that he went up there and said those words without thinking that a large group of the audience was feeling the same way. You know, like he he knew he he, knew the room he was reading. He followed a bunch of guys who were talking about 1776 and new American patriots and a reasonable person, which is going to be the argument the House makes, would have gone up and said, so we've talked about a lot of things today, but let's just be clear. We're not talking about a revolution. We're talking about standing firm on our belief that this election was not valid and fighting it the way that we can in courts and coming back in four years and and fighting the good fight for another election. Um, but he didn't do that. He came in and said, if you don't fight right now, you're not going to have a country to anymore. So yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, I think that the bigger part of the story, though, isn't really the trial because by the way, trials are boring. Even a trial with a lot of video is going to be boring as hell. Oh, and, um, and believe me, this will be a trial because all these people are lawyers, so they can't help themselves. Yeah. They can't they can't have real trials anymore, so they have to have their little fun trials in the Senate. Oh, and by the way, the jury also gets to ask questions and <laughs> probably wax poetic for a period if they would like to. And that time does not count against either side's time. So sidebar. Awesome. Sidebar. If you were uh, still practicing law, would you welcome or would you not welcome questions from the jury? If the jury could hypothetically like put up a hand and just be like, I have a question. 
Do you think you would be in favor of that as a as an amendment to our system, or would you be against that? It depends on the trial, and it depends on the jury. Reading this trial and this jury, it would be the absolute worst thing, <laughs> and they are actually, in fact, allowed to do it. Yeah. Like there are sometimes when I like I you can read a jury and you're just like. They're confused and confusion for my client is good because they're going to get back there and be like, we don't know what the fuck happened. We don't know. How can we find him guilty? How can we find him responsible? We don't understand this. It's two completely different stories from what I can tell. Yeah. So uh, we'll just have to go with no. Fantastic. That's great. (laughs) And I don't want them. I don't want them to like raise their hand in the middle and be like, I don't get it. And have the other table be like, Okay, we got to dumb this down a lot. Let's, like, let's <laughs> scramble and redo it because it just gives everybody time to adjust. Yeah, and that, that's going to be the problem too. Because I have a feeling, as much as Trump wants to push this stolen election narrative, if people start waxing poetic about constitutionality, 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 which they've been doing in the media, that the team is just going to look at him and be like, "There's a chance you can lose this," <laughs> but they're signaling to us right here. They're telling us. They're confused. They don't care. This is what they want to hear about. So oh, they they put the they put the blowhorn out there with the, the way for Trump to win this trial. So I mean, like, you know, they they can only fuck themselves. That's the, and I mean, like, I I can't even imagine even if the even if they're just like we're just gonna call Trump up and he's gonna talk for the full sixteen hours and he's just like yeah I did it and here's how like he'd yeah. still get off like I don't I can't imagine. You know, you could have you could literally have in this impeachment trial Trump going up onto the stand and testifying on his own behalf and saying that he did it. He he intentionally riled people up to to overthrow the Capitol and kill members of Congress. And I still imagine that he wouldn't get the 17 votes from the Republicans he would need to be. There would certainly be more people who would who would go off. It's not like it would be the the 45 who stood tall on the this thing is. Yeah. <laughs> is unconstitutional from the get, but you wouldn't get the 17. It would probably be a lot closer to, you know, like nine or 10, maybe. <laughs> Here's the problem. Uh, so a third of those people, what's a third of 50? Uh, 15? Yeah. 15, a little more than that, are up for re-election in two years. And none of the five who already voted are up for re-election in two years. So if you're sitting there while he is t- saying, yes, I did it, can you, in good faith, in any state, I mean, maybe Alabama, Mississippi, like deep south, maybe you're all right. But can you, in good faith, stand up there and just be like, I think he's innocent. Like, Bitch, he said he did it. Yeah. How, how are you going to say he's innocent? Now, Lindsey Graham can because he's good for six years and no one will remember this in six years. It'll be who the the debacle of the next. No one in South Carolina election. will remember this for six years. Yes. And that's the only people who are important to him. Yeah. Clearly, it is what it is. And again, we have another presidential election where maybe Trump or maybe three different Republican parties will be battling for a presidential seat. That will happen between now and when he needs to run again. So he's safe. But if I have to run in two years and it's going to be Trump trial and Biden, that's going to be problematic if I vote to acquit when he said he did it, especially because this thing is delaying the stimulus, which even people in Alabama benefit from. Yeah. And you can't blame Biden because it took him 48 hours to give you a bill. And the House debated, yes, it was partisan. They pushed the bill forward, but now we have a bill. So it's in your lap. What are you going to do about it? Oh, so what you're telling me is you didn't give me the stimulus. I lost my house. You did hold an impeachment. He said he did it. And then you acquitted him anyway. 
And now he's running for re-election again in 2024. Yeah. This is the party that I identify with most. And therefore, I will continue to vote Republican, as I always do. So, you know, uh, and, and yeah, I threw it in there as a side note, but uh, welcome to 2021, folks. Uh, your stimulus? <laughs> Maybe. Some They're going to get around to it. They're going to get around to it. They took all of the stuff off the calendar while we're talking about impeachment. Um, again, the 16 hours may be shortened because of uh, realizing it's a futile and they'll go back to the business. They're also talking about like major differences with the House bill, which means it could be weeks of reconciliation to get a bill to send to Biden, who then may veto it because he may say, this is not what we asked for and try to send a message about being strong and you know, we see, I, I don't I don't think help. he'd veto it on the line unless there was something just poisonous inside of it. Like and there may be a poison pill. They've are, they've already talked about that, like reallocating some of the money to basically say if you applied to the PPP and then didn't get applied or didn't get the money that you or would now be able to get it. The unfortunate nature of that is a lot of people who were denied the first time were denied because it's uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Which yeah. wasn't they got, but it's like major companies. So essentially, what you're saying is, oh, well, we denied you because you didn't really need it, and now you're going to get it, and that's going to take money away from the checks of Americans, um, which Democrats don't like. But Mitch didn't give a fuck about that. He's going to get reelected. So what's the matter? Yeah, and he doesn't have to wait about it for six years. So worry yeah. about it for six so, years. So he's uh, got a long time. But yeah, I mean, I. I I just, uh, it's always funny how quickly they can get things done when they really want to. You know, this happened with uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and mm-hmm. uh, now it's happening with the impeachment. Yeah. Um, it's I, about what they want. I just, it's about what they want to do. I just, I just feel like uh, if normal people were allowed to be congressmen and senators, then things would be a lot different. But uh, oh, normal people thing, couldn't Corey. win. Normal people are allowed to be senators and congressmen. What? <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you telling me you don't have a quarter of a billion dollars to throw out a Senate campaign right now? I mean, I do, but I choose not to because I don't <laughs> want to be in the public eye like that. I that's that, I, I mean, you know, we all people who we all have a quarter of billion dollars lying around somewhere, right? Uh, the only people who do <laughs> want that kind of attention are people like. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who are so crazy, they just do not care. Um, but luckily for the rest of America, she won't be sitting on her committee seats during this term. So. She, her her whole thing is just a license to print money. Like the, I know, uh, I she doesn't. It. I hate America. The you know I I hate that we that we've talked about her for two weeks now, and maybe the the lack of committee hearings will give her less space to be able to just put this stuff out in the universe a little bit but no. uh, i don't know it's gonna give him I, I she argued and i realized for the first time uh why would the democrats want to give somebody like me more free time <laughs> it's like oh yeah that's a good point because all she's gonna do is go on fox news and onn or whatever oan whatever yeah oan just solidify her base in Georgia. How dare you speak unkindly of one American news? <laughs> I, oh, I confused it because I was thinking of the one Nazi network. Uh, so, 
Um, but it, the thing is, she is going to be in a much sol- more solid position in two years than she was this year because she's going to have nothing but time to talk about this crazy nonsense that got her elected. And people in deep red Georgia really like that. Uh, now, luckily, apparently that's not the whole state, but in two years, it's likely she'll get sent back. And then maybe the Democrats still have a majority, but my guess is probably not. As much as as much as much uh, we are all excited about a blue Georgia, that part of Georgia ain't getting very blue anytime soon. That's, no. that's basically Alabama where that part, <laughs> that part of Georgia is. So, uh, but listen, I, I would not be surprised if we went there and like, there were images of Jim Crow up on walls. <laughs> like there, there are uh, after dark counties. Was it sundown counties? Sundown counties. There is a sundown county in Marjorie Taylor Greene's district, to the surprise of no one. Um, I, I just it's this part of America that makes me say things like I just want to get the army, line them up across from Dallas all the way to the to the uh, Gulf of Mexico. And just scorch earth it all the way across, all the way across. Now, having seen the changes that I've seen, I would say, unlike Sherman, we shouldn't burn Atlanta. <laughs> just leave that part. Everything outside the suburbs. We're just just everything outside the suburbs. And then basically just split off and take northeast Georgia and down towards Florida. But we need to keep Savannah and, and uh, Atlanta and the corridor there. That can be that's fine. We can keep that. And then uh, Florida. Parts of Miami. Just, I mean, just burn everything down to Orlando, essentially. Just everything in the north. Jacksonville's really liberal, but the people there are stupid. And I just think it's better if we just burn the whole thing. Uh, just burn it straight down. Uh, yeah, so it just the south is burning would be great. Um, and just get get start over. Do what we should have done during Reconstruction. And just break, break people's backs. Sow the soil with salt. So nothing will grow there ever again. Christ, <laughs> this is our country, uh, but you know, I, I'm not surprised because uh, what these folks are watching every single day is Fox News, which is led by uh, people like Lou Dobbs, who is getting sued by a company for things he said on his show. Yeah, the smartmatic to, voting system people. It then chose to go on his show the very next night and not be like, fuck Smartmatic, but basically be like, Let's talk about these same issues from a different angle and talk shit about Smartmatic, which yeah. got him canceled. <laughs> so, and he's now a hero. Now everybody's like, cancel culture's out of control. Lou Dobbs got. And I can't. I thing. can't imagine. So here's uh, what what find what I find so interesting about this thing is that uh, Lou Dobbs was uh, on the Fox Business Network. He was, uh, yes. but he was the number one show on the Fox Business Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, opinion. He's an opinion show. <laughs> yes, but it's important. Still, uh, still, for litigation I, purposes, Corey, it's important to point highest, out. It's highest rated show. show on Fox Business. Uh, and I just don't. <laughs> something, something must be past the point of no return if you're going to get rid of him at that point. Because Janine, yeah. I, I don't know if Janine Pirro, who's also being sued, or Maria Bartoloma, who's also being sued have the same kind of audience on like the mothership that Lou Dobbs had on, you know, like maybe, so. maybe getting being the top rated show on, on Fox business is like being the top rated show on ESPN two, which means that you're the low, lowest rated show <laughs> across anything on the ESPN totem ball. No, so you know, like he, he had, a there are show like 30 ESPN was... shows that are more popular than your one ESPN two show. 
he had the show that was most popular amongst people who were like, Fox News is nuts. Of course, I don't mm-hmm. listen to that conspiracy driven nonsense. I watch Fox Business and even minded <laughs> people like Blue Dobbs. Um, but I, he was in a position of being regularly a guest on Hannity and uh, Bowtie Boy. What's his name? Carlson. Um, Tucker Carlson. Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he was on another network, which gave him popularity enough to be a guest on Fox and bring his audience to Fox. Even though yeah. they're the same goddamn network. So. Also, by I, the way, in in that lawsuit, just so we we get it out there, is uh, Rudy mm-hmm. and Sidney Powell, and uh, I'm sure you know there was the the lawsuit with uh, Dominion as well. Yes. And I imagine we're going to hear a lot of similar names between the two of them. I think Mike Lindell was on the Dominion lawsuit. I can't remember, but he yes, will probably he yes, you probably most certainly. <laughs> Get a smart, smartmatic. He might not have even said anything about them, and now he hear, hears that there's a lawsuit going on. He's gonna be like, you know, the smartmatic fucking voting machine. <laughs> uh, here's my, the most shameful thing uh, of my past. And Corey, you've known me a long time, so I know you must be racking your brain saying, what could possibly more be more shameful than the things I already know about you? Uh, and you were present for this. I supported Lou Dobbs early in this program, way back in 2015. I read his book before he was on Fox Business. At that yeah. point, he was a uh, MSNBC um, or CNN, but right? He- CNN. Yes, he came on yeah. CNN, um, and then he got a show on CNN. And he was a true libertarian, not like a fake Republican libertarian, but a real libertarian. And he was a centrist, and he had good economic policies. Um, unlike Corey's fake ass, you know, I would socially liberal and physically conservative, which has become true as the years have gone on, but weren't so true at the beginning. Lou really was that. And then sold the fuck out because they said, we're going to give you 10 times more money to come to Fox business. And he went, I mean, I I think there's a long history of people like that. I used to love, uh, John Stossel. I thought, I thought Stossel on 2020 was some of the best journalism you could get because it was it was that libertarian uh sense that that just worked well as a counterpunch yeah uh it was like we're you know we're giving you a lot of stories but here's a story that john stossel put out about how many pages of regulations there are in your county's water supply and then you know he lays out like you know ten thousand pages and you're like you need this many pages to say that you need clean water like he, he's shouting from the other end of the warehouse, <laughs> yeah. just like, this is how many pages it takes. And you're like, John, you're a, a godsend. Thank you. I had no idea. And then he, then <laughs> he goes to Fox. And then you're like, oh, oh, God. It goes from stories where it's just like, this is how much you're paying in taxes for your day-to-day life as you walk out of your apartment to Fox News where it's just like, witches. <laughs> Not such a bad what? thing. <laughs> What are you talking about, John? What are we talking about now? Should Nancy Pelosi be murdered? Let's discuss. Oh, uh, <laughs> you took it far. I mean, he makes a strong argument, though. I always did like a John Stossel. Well, argument. Listen, both uh, sides, both sides. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, point of this is, uh, Lou Dobbs got canceled. Yeah. And uh, good. Fuck him. <laughs> and I. <laughs> we'll, we'll be Succinct. talking more about. The- I like it. We'll talk more about the impeachment uh, next week when we have more information about what actually happens. Because like I said in the opening, it's kind of a, a wild card. It really depends on the constitutional vote tomorrow, and we'll see. I mean, what, I, what I, kind I, of uh, trial we have. I don't imagine that we're going to lose enough people to keep the thing from going forward. 
no. and uh, you know uh, if uh if the house managers are listening to our live stream right now and they're looking for advice uh keep it short keep it snappy like yeah uh i feel like there was a lot of people in my life who i heard say joe biden had an inspired inauguration inaugural address like it was a very good speech and mm-hmm. i don't know if it was you know up there with other inaugural addresses and stuff like that but i think part of the reason why people really enjoyed it was because it was like 22 minutes it was in and out <laughs> just, a lot of thank yous and then see ya here's what you need to know i'm joe biden i'm your president i'll catch you later <laughs> and just bye there's yeah, no uh, there's no like uh, you know, Harrison trying to prove a point and making a two hour inaugural out in the freezing cold or anything like that. We just listen, he got he's got things to do. He's got don't got time for the inaugural. I'm gonna stay here Although for twenty to- minutes. I'm gonna make an appearance. I'm gonna show myself at the party, but then I'm going to casually find my way out. I'm gonna Irish goodbye at some point during this whole thing. To be fair, there was also a Harris at this election who was recommending not wearing a coat, not wearing gloves, speaking <laughs> for five hours, just whatever it takes, Joe, that people need to hear from you. Um, but I would say my, my little bit of advice to the house managers uh, is something I learned as a trial attorney, and that is knowing to sit down is the greatest fucking skill of a trial attorney. There was a judge who his, his give is this. He was always up. He's always writing notes. And then he'd do this. And when he did that, sit the fuck down. Yeah. Case is done. And it doesn't matter what you say. You're not going to help yourself. But he might be thinking, this kid's got a point. I'm going to rule in his favor. And then I talk for 20 more minutes and talk him out of it. And then, yeah. <laughs> then I, so once he sits back, we're done. Sit the fuck down. Let that guy talk himself out of a win or help support your win. Yeah. To the house. Keep it short. Keep it snappy. And know your audience honestly go in knowing you're not going to get 17 if you can't get 10 12 tomorrow yeah that's it um and just so start there's start looking at uh at cornyn and stuff like that see if he starts going <laughs> like the oh you know what he's making some reasonable point <laughs> like wait we're we getting head nods we're getting head nods all right uh go to slide b17 yeah we're just gonna jump to the good stuff uh Here's a PP video. Oh, uh, <laughs> call back to four years ago, guys. There's a PP video. Anyway, um, <laughs> I bet you that. Uh, how quickly do you think some like Lindsey Graham would object to that? So like, hold on, video coming in. Objection! You can't. But this isn't part of this whole in- ordeal. I think we need to have a vote on this video. And then they vote uh, down the listen, video. Listen, Lindsey Graham's only going to object because <laughs> he has his own PP video out there, and he's worried about that getting out. Uh. So we uh, we actually have kept this pretty succinct this week. Uh, there's two other things I do want to touch on just briefly. If you haven't seen what's happening in Myanmar, uh, formerly Burma, again, as the news reporters continue to tell us. Uh, by the way, it hasn't been Burma since like 1954. Yeah. A lot of boomers need to know that we're talking <laughs> about Burma, I guess. Um, so you, if you haven't been paying attention, you, you should. Always, you always know when you hear the, that a country used to be another country. And how how yeah. happy news reporters are to tell you. <laughs> I feel like uh, it was a uh, Jake Tapper on one show recently who was just like uh, the former Constantinople, and I'm just like, ooh, look at you, <laughs> look at you, deep pull, Jake. It hasn't been Constantinople for a thousand years. Thanks. <laughs> and meanwhile, they're giving you like the uh, independent and right leaning, justified and loving African Republic of Central Chad, and you're like. <laughs> Where the fuck are we talking about? 
you can't give me some context like <laughs> formerly Zimbabwe. All right, I know where that is, uh, or part of Sudan. Great, I know where that is. Now you're going to toss out African republics because mostly these are people who think Africa is one country with a bunch of states in it. Um, yeah. Which it, it's not. It's <laughs> Chad's just the Kansas of Africa. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is in the middle. It is big, and it's got a lot of empty space. It it's not a, a state in the middle of a country. Yeah. Other than that, uh, there's a lot of things similar, but it's not the same. Um, I remember but, when when driving through Kansas once, I saw a sign saying like. <laughs> home of astronaut Mike Dexter or whatever it was. And I was just like, <laughs> uh, sorry. Yes. I was just like, uh, God, Kansas is so great that this guy needed to leave the face of the earth to escape it. <laughs> Usually if you're, uh, if you're acknowledging your, your, your cities or your state's native sons, you're talking about people who like, Oh, John waters who loved Baltimore so much. He stayed here for his entire life. Yeah, that, yeah, didn't um, immediately leave, go somewhere else, <laughs> go, and leave, then leave the, the earth, earth rather than stay here. By the way, um, another sidebar. I feel like a really great way to uh, to start a movie on a like a I'm gonna make it again. I, I can redo myself. Is to have that sign be being taken off in the very first shot of the movie. It's like home of astronaut Mike Dexter, and they're taking the sign off, and then we meet Mike Dexter, and you're like. <laughs> what the fuck did you do, man? And like, how are you going to make this right? Uh, anyway. Uh, it's, a, it's a real Stuart special there. Yeah. Trademark. Uh, <laughs> nobody I take that. Just need to write the first three pages and send it into John and Craig. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah, I should do that. Um, uh, no, I don't want to be judged like that. Do you care tear these people apart? But uh, so crisis in Myanmar. Um, the government was ruled or the country was ruled by a military junta, which essentially just means there was a elected government and it was elected by the high reaches of the military. And sometimes people would be like, you know what? I'd like to be president. So they retire from the military and then all their buddies are like, yep, he's president now. And then you get to be president. Yeah. So it's really fun. Uh, not great for the people who live there though. And the, they, came to an agreement with the civilian rulers and they had free and fair elections and they elected a uh, parliament that was basically half controlled by the military, half controlled by other people. Then this very revolutionary leader pops up. She ends up getting 60 or 70% of the vote. And then the military junta's uh, supported party got very little, lost most of their seats. So of course uh, the military is not happy about this, but they followed the constitution for a month or two and then all of a sudden was just like, crisis, this election is fraudulent, and took over. Um, and basically, what we would call a coup, except for what we're learning, what I'm learning about places like Myanmar, is that the Constitution allowed for the military to come in and take over. Yeah. They just were like, we're going to agree to give up some power, but any time we can come back in and take it. But when we do, we have to tell you how long we're going to take it for. So this week they announced, we're going to be in control. For 12 months, one year, that's it. And then we'll have elections. Um, and if we don't like the results of those elections. We'll take it over again. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll take have it over for a year. Months, yeah. And then we'll have another election until you guys start voting the right way. Um, but the, the the jarring thing was some of the stories I was reading about. Like, imagine, Corey, if you woke up and you went to check uh, your phone mm -hmm. and you didn't have any service on your phone. Yeah. So you, you switch it over to Wi-Fi uh, and now... Your Wi-Fi is not connected, so you go to the computer, and there's sounds, no internet. Sounds like I'm an AT&T customer. Go ahead. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so then you go to your TV and you try to turn your TV on, but there's no service. So mm-hmm. you happen to have a an antenna that can pick up the digital over the air. Yeah. Frequencies like, like many AT&T customers have. Yes. The backup that you have to have. <laughs> um, and there's only one station running and it's the military backstation. And they're telling you everything is fine. Do not worry yourself. Uh, we're in control again. The coup is over. And the coup they're referring to is the, the stolen election. Yes, not <laughs> not the thing that they are doing. And I was just like, can you? Ima- I can't imagine just all of a sudden being like, nope, uh, all those freedoms that you thought you had for the last two years, not here anymore. Also, uh, Mr. Cheek, you've said some really fucked up shit over the last two years. We'd like to discuss with you for the next 12 months uh, in this gulag over here. Please join us. <laughs> Which is what some people are doing now. Like these people thought they had a democracy. They had a, a opposition party where they talked shit about the military party, and then they won, and now they're in jail. And they're I, you're being. I like to so. imagine Myanmar Rob here's the uh, please come with us, and he's like, "Well, I wasn't going to, but you said please." <laughs> you said it so nicely. Uh, Myanmar me is probably living in a jungle somewhere with a knife between his teeth and like <laughs> the, face paint on. Yeah, it's like come and get me, coppers. Um. Anyway, so people should stay abreast of what's happening. Um, it's a developing situation. So uh, know what's happening in the world. Uh, also, the BBC has a really great story about the history of Myanmar uh, and why it's fucked up. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, it's not the Americans. And if it's not us, who else might it be, Corey? Chinese? Chinese? Uh, no. What other Western country really fucked up the world when it went around and did things? Oh. It was the one that was in power before us. There you go. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Basically, it's like, what year did shit start getting fucked up? Is it prior to World War II or just after it or where? Like, oh, just after it. All right, so it's going to be the Americans or the British. Where are we at here? Like, British, good guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, so the Brits fucked it up. Um, <laughs> who who was it? Was it America or is it America's drunk stepdad, Britain? <laughs> yes, yeah, basically. But uh, uh, everybody should get more into it. But essentially, during World War II, they put a lot of military equipment there. And then they were like, okay, so war's over, peace. And a bunch of guys grabbed the equipment and said, hey, we're your military now. And also, by the way, uh, we're your government now, too. And uh, Brits were like, we got our own problems to deal with. You guys uh, handle uh, talk amongst yourselves. Wow. One stop so. shop. Military and, yeah. <laughs> military and government democracy. all in one. Is this democracy? <laughs> uh, anyway, and there's a lot of similarities to what they're saying and what was being said at the Capitol a few weeks ago. Uh, I just think it's very interesting. People should check it out. More important than that, though, is the other unbelievable response that our show got last week. And I don't that know. Rob got last week. Well, listen, uh, I don't want to take the credit for myself, Corey. You're part of the program. You said things. <laughs> I said things. My phone line was not was not jammed. I, mean, just <laughs> uh, I don't know if I've been asked so many times. Oh, so we're not friends now. Um, to which I can only reply. If the shoe fits, wear it. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I said a bunch of people are dumb. You then say, uh, I said, a bunch of people are dumb and we're not friends anymore. Then you ask me, oh, we're not friends? So you're saying you're dumb? Is that the argument that we're making here? I don't really understand. Maybe you should Uh, set it up for people who uh, are late arriving to this all. Okay, so well, if you're late arriving... um, 
click the link down in the show notes and you can go to last week's episode uh, or it's available uh, otheanthem.com or on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash otheanthem. But uh, in the uh, finer or the, the, or the broad picture, the 10,000 foot picture. Uh, People were protesting at up. the... Well, no, it was not even that. It was both things. It oh, was, okay. Numbers are going up. People are traveling. And frankly, you have blood on your hands. 450,000 people are dead. And if you are traveling, if you're acting like nothing is going on, you are to blame. Because we are trying to be responsible. And no matter what, we cannot get control of it because people like you. Uh, it's PBS. This this uh, pandemic is sponsored by people like you. So, uh, fuck you. All of you. And I second it. There we go again. Ah, sorry. Um, and, uh, you know, this week, uh, I think we in our discussion about this, Corey, you, you, we were aptly saying we are getting down to November numbers. We were freaked out when we hit November numbers. Yeah. So why, why are we possibly excited about being down to November numbers again? It's ridiculous. But everything's opening up and, and people are free to do what they want. But you're also free to have me call you dumb and to say that you have blood on your hands because you do. Uh, the other thing was, of course, the running down of protesters at the, <laughs> at at the, the vaccination site, yeah. <laughs> which seemed to strike a nerve. I don't know why. Uh, although um, I can now officially say with some regret and sadness it's agreed you have said the funniest thing ever said on this podcast. Me? Yes. Um, because wholeheartedly, the only entertaining part, as agreed upon by the people who reached out to me, was Corey's quick aside of, quick, get that man some aromatherapy. <laughs> people just thought that was amazing. Uh, so enjoy. It was, it was close heat between that and my healing crystals in the car comment, but uh, I think that that may be too California, and not everybody knows what healing crystals are. <laughs> I think, aromatherapy is pretty much. I think aromatherapy was from like the 80s, so it's, got, it's had some time to ruminate. Mm-hmm. Normal people so know what that the, is. Even the boomers knew what that was. And they were, uh, <laughs> it was the weekend of jokes. Yeah, there you go. Oh, see? Yes. Everyone. Yeah, you, I have the Takashi 6 9 <laughs> It's very California. Nobody knows about it. Uh, nonetheless, so uh, people said I should apologize today. Um, I do not apologize for anything that I said. I was right. Uh, people are free to be anti-vax if they want. That still makes them dumb. It still makes them dangerous. And they still should not procreate. And if you've already procreated, by God, please. Give up your children, and let's hope that a little bit of nurture replaces whatever nature you have damaged those children with. I'm not. I'm not quite so ready to jump as far as Rob <laughs> is, but uh, I would say this. Uh, to me, to me, vaccination has always seemed like a choice issue for people, uh, much like much like uh, abortion, where it's like you know, there's the side of you know, this is murder, and there's the side of I'd rather have people deciding whether or not they want to do it rather than you know it's not like a carte blanche it's not like you know murder and no murder ever like there's there's like a there, there's a middle ground here that could be that mm-hmm. could be found in the in between with the word so choice you're, you're, but you're suggesting the, we murder the anti-vaxxers that's what you're saying no i'm I, saying I support I'm saying this wholeheartedly the, i think i'm saying that the vaxxers are so so worried about what the vaccine is going to do to their body they don't have to take it 
They don't have, they don't have to do that. They can choose not to. I mean, they could also choose to probably die from coronavirus when other people are vaccinated and not dying from it. But God, I hope so. I mean, that's the that's really the if you don't want to take it, then okay, that's fine with me. You don't have to take it. But don't uh, shut down the site where I can get it, though. Yeah, you shouldn't take away the rights of other people to decide whether or not they want to get it. And especially like my problem with this whole thing has not been I I know a lot of people who are who are doing as good as they possibly can. You know, there's circumstances beyond a lot of people's control. Uh, Some people are working. Some people are not. The people who are working, maybe they wouldn't want to be at work as much, but they don't have a choice. Um, it, it's there. It, everyone has to sort of make peace with their own decisions at some point or another. Uh, my point is that I think we can all realistically, dis- if uh, if I told you there was a one in one hundred chance that the reason that you left the house you might die for, what would your <laughs> how important is it? Just think of it like the, you know, like one in a hundred is not like a huge number. But, you know, one in a hundred chance that if you went to Nordstrom Rack, you would die. Like, is it worth it? Or See, but is, you're, is you're it ordering phrasing online? That the wrong way. You're phrasing it the wrong way. You got to say, what if one in every hundred times you left the house, you were going to die? Because if you say you have a one in 100 chance, the number's too big. People can't comprehend that. Well, yeah, I like, mean, clearly. I'll never die. I'll never die. <laughs> we still had people out aplenty when it was like one out of every six people in L.A. County had <laughs> according to the thing so uh i you know the worst part is that to me is that the rules are so different across the country and depending on where you are that somebody could think that they're doing doing right even though by comparison to somebody else they're not so Mm -hmm. you know the super bowl or florida (laughs) it was happening in florida uh, they had a lot more people in the stands than I'd feel comfortable them having. Now, a lot of them yep. were vaccinated medical professionals, which is fine. Not all of them, but a good amount of them were. Um, the people in the street, though, in the bars and in the restaurants yeah, were I mean, not. Yeah, and, you know, obviously Florida is not pro-mask, and uh, it is not going <laughs> particularly well there. But, I mean, like, I, it's a... Uh, you know, somebody in Florida who who doesn't know what it's like in California or in New York or anywhere else where there have been more restrictive measures in place will think that their day to day life that they live is as safe as they can be. Uh, whereas like people in California will probably watch somebody in Florida walk around and go like, oh, holy God, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you going to the cheesecake factory? Like, <laughs> uh, I call that Snapchat, Corey. That's that's me going on Snapchat every single day and being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Get inside. Why are you there? Oh, oh, you live in Louisiana. I see. That's why. It's not. I mean, I I try to have understanding, and I think that that's uh, that didn't come off either in my comments last week or this week. Um, but also, we live in a digital age. I don't think you can plead ignorance, competence, or ignorance. Either one, because it's like. Yes, there. Yes, you live in Florida. You live in Louisiana. The rules are lax, but um, at eighteen, I was still in high school. Uh, you were too. You were eighteen yeah. in high school. Um, I was allowed to smoke on school property after four p.m. because I was eighteen. 
I could have cigarettes in my car. And as long as the school day wasn't going on, I could smoke on school property. I chose not to because I also sometimes like to smoke during school hours. And I know if the teachers knew I was a smoker because they saw me smoking after school hours, that they would then look for me during school hours and maybe I'd get caught smoking. So out of an abundance of caution, I said, it's better for me to just not do a thing to make my life and the life of everybody who hangs out with me better. Yes, I, you can do a thing. You can go out to a bar. But will that make your life better? Will it make everyone's lives better? Or will it make everything more difficult for a while? Do the right thing, and then I'll stop calling you idiots. Restaurants can be open. That doesn't mean you have to go to them. Like that's I do, It boggles my mind. The pictures of Beverly Hills, yeah. the restaurants just packed door to sidewalk, because it's all outside dining, by the way. It's all outside. But just table back to back to back. Like people's backs to each other in tables from the, from the wall to the edge of the sidewalk, the entire sidewalk taken up. And I'm just like, how are you justifying this in your mind that we're being safe? Because we're outside. But then I talk to people, and I realize... Everybody thinks they're a virologist. No one is. I am not. I'm certainly more qualified than most of you. Um, and everybody is like, oh, well, see, so here's the thing. I had my mask on until I walked into the restaurant. And Dr. Fauci said that restaurants are safe to not wear your mask. So I feel like yep, he didn't say that. Yeah. He didn't say that. Um, Gavin Newsom said something about that because he wants you to go to a restaurant and spend money. I also spend money at restaurants with Postmates. And I have the person bring it to my house. And then I ask them to leave it. And I le let them leave. And then I open the door. And I have missed out on fries, milkshakes. I missed out on an entire burger. Because I didn't check it. I didn't look at it. But it's okay. Because I also didn't expose myself to somebody. So do better, America. Do better. I expect more of you. I would expect more, except I have seen you. <laughs> you love the Americans for the last year and it's making me nervous i feel like though that a parent of a dumb kid still has to look at them and be like i know you're dumb but come on buddy give me one this one time you can do it i feel like the parent of that dumb kid i'm just looking at all of those dumb people on my my instagram uh, in your wall, country being like come on buddy i know you can, you can be better you could be better, and I know you know that. Just do it. Don't lick the floor. <laughs> Don't lick the floor. Why are you licking the floor? Mm. Okay. Anyway. Well. It just makes me sad. It, it makes me sad. Um, I know you're sad about it, too. You're just, you don't want to get as fired up as me because, you know, you want to have a future, and, and I don't care, so. No, I mean, I I, I, I really do think that, that a lot of people would do would make different choices if different choices were uh forced on them not forced on them but like you know so so much of the california narrative there was a great video i saw somebody put out where it was just like every single press conference in la or california where it's just like all right so outdoor dining is open but you should absolutely not go outdoor dining unless you want to go and eat and support the restaurant but also maybe you should do it at home and get the delivery because it would be safer but also make sure that every once in a while you go to the restaurant to make sure that you spend money but also don't go out ever just stay home yeah. and get it delivered to you but if you wanted to go to the restaurant you can because it's available or if you want to go to the store you can do that but rather than that why don't you shop at home but if you wanted to go and spend money you could <laughs> like it's just like the the rotating logic 
logic of like, well, we have to have these stores open so they can make money, but we also have to tell everyone to stay home. And I think, <laughs> I don't think that somebody going to a store every so often is like the worst thing in the world. I don't want to make it seem no. like uh, you can't live a normal function of your life. But, you know, I also make decisions like, you know, oh, I'm going to go to Macy's. I'm going to go to some store, right? If I go there with the intention of I need to get something, I need a new sweatshirt, you know, I'm going to go there, I'm just going to buy my sweatshirt, I'm going to get out and be good. If I go there and I see 9,000 people at Macy's, I turn around and go home. I'm just like, yeah. I, it's not... Not worth I, it. I could go some other time. I don't need the sweater right now. Like you could, you could, you pick and choose. Uh, and I, I just don't think that. You, I also don't think that people understand. Uh, because we have not been contact tracing, and we do mm-hmm. not have a good sense of what causes people to get sick, that something is inherently safe as opposed to something else. And you know, I, we've talked about it with outdoor ninety on the show before. Like, I I don't think that. You know, if you lived it, you know, back in Maryland where my parents live, out in the, out in the burbs, I'm sure there is a restaurant. We used to eat outside of this place called Vito's. It's an Italian place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had outdoor dining before COVID, where you could sit out <laughs> on the sidewalk. But it's a mini mall. Like there's there's space yeah. there, uh, and people wouldn't walk by your table except for the server. And you know, it it, it looks about as safe as could possibly be. <laughs> given yeah. the circumstances uh that restaurant and someplace on you know like <laughs> mick o'shea's on 7th street in downtown la are not the same thing not, not and the same thing at all. No. and i think people are just like oh outdoor dining's open i can go literally wherever i want and it's not it's not any different you know the, you, you just gotta like and again i feel bad for the restaurants because i don't think mick o'shea's should be closed because it looks unsafe but at the same time like you know, there has to be some sort of line in the sand between, you know, what constitutes a safe outdoor dining experience. And I, I just don't think that people know how people are getting sick because we don't have a good contact tracing system. And that's that's no. really the point. Like, if you could say if you never left your house except for the one time you went and got a donut at Trejo's, <laughs> then you would know where you got it from. Oh, this is it. Yeah, I got it from Trejo's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like, except for maybe you, not because maybe somebody in your building and all I did was go get the mail. Yeah. But somebody in your building went somewhere else. It's hard to even say that it was Trejo's. So, well, yeah. And I mean, like the, you know, I went to go get the mail last night and I ran into several people without masks in the hallway of my building. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you start doing these things like, well, I'm not going to ride up in the elevator with you, but. You know, like, am I, am I any safer if I just wait for you to get up on the elevator and then go up by myself minutes later? Like, the the air is hypothetically still out there. Like, you know, like, at what point? And how do you know if you're walking on an elevator that some guy who was just coughing with COVID was on yep. seconds before you knew? And, like, now you're, you know, but it's not like you could take the stairs in case, instead because somebody might be doing, <laughs> doing that on the stairs. So you never know. You can only make you the ever, best decisions you can, like, based off of the information you have. You ever sat on a toilet? You ever sat on a toilet seat that uh, was surprisingly warm? Like you're like, oh, somebody's I, just been here. Yeah, like I literally just got here after somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's like the worst feeling in the world. And now I'm going to be thinking about uh, that feeling in the air of every small space that I go in. So thank you, Corey, for that. Uh, but what <laughs> I only served, <laughs> I, I only served to help. 
<laughs> what I heard you saying is that uh, there's a lot of mixed messaging and it would be a lot easier if we could get on one message. And I don't disagree with that. I've been reading a lot about this country that had a solution for that. The government and the military run by the same people and <laughs> messaging completely in line. So, I mean, maybe we should think about that. I don't know. Uh, maybe a group of people should rush the Capitol and, you know, try to do something about that. Why don't we just put that idea on pause for a couple generations and uh, maybe, maybe if we need to, we can. It's just out there. It's it's on the shelf. Like, you know, every good writer has a has a word document that says ideas. <laughs> let's just put that. Let's just put that in the ideas document. All right. I feel like we're making a list and uh, you're the teacher who's like, that's not a bad idea. Uh, I'm going to put that over here. <laughs> I'm not going to write that now, up here, on the chalkboard for other students to be able to write down, but <laughs> I've definitely acknowledged the fact that you've said something, and I'm going to apply that to your grade. <laughs> See, now, you're treating me, Corey, like most of America got treated in school. And by that, I mean as the dumb kid, because you were all the fucking dumb kid in school, clearly. Wait, wait, that's what happened to the dumb kid? I thought I was I thought I was making it on a special list here. <laughs> I thought, I thought my ideas were just too good for the board. What? This is Sorry, I forgot. Uh, yeah, no, Sue, so, uh, you are very special. Uh, that trophy that the teacher gave you for most ideas that didn't make the board at the end of the year. <laughs> it's, it's just because they loved justified. me so much. They loved you so very much. Uh, they didn't want to share your genius with the other kids in class. Right. It's also the reason for the mask and the gloves pre-COVID. They didn't want you sharing your genius with all the kids in class. I was put in the box. <laughs> the good idea box All right. I actually had a box in one of my my elementary school classes it was two filing cabinets with a desk and it's where the where the, the me the talkative kid got put because then there was nobody around you and you're just staring at the filing cabinet all day this is the box well you you, and I probably would have both been in the box if you want to uh if you want to know where we get all our best ideas for the good idea box you know where you can go <laughs> wait, wait, wait. where's that Oh, the anthem.com, Cordo the anthem.com, oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. Uh, you can find more of me on my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, at LegendsB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, and yeah, just uh, hammering home the last little bit of the script, so close to the end, you can taste it, and... Uh, uh, working on things in the periphery, so check it out. So new content uh, coming soon, or <laughs> coming soon? Yes, let's just put coming the soon. general mm-hmm. coming soon vantage point on it. What is uh What does it taste like? What? Uh, you said you're getting so close you could taste it. What's it taste like? It tastes like a completed script. It, t- <laughs> it tastes like it tastes like a lot of research and a completed script. Uh, mm. By the way, just a just side note to anybody who writes or wants to write or uh, uh, anything related with the film business and coming up with ideas. Um, the true life ones are going to slowly kill you inside because it takes so much to feel like you're ac- accurately writing something, even if it's not completely 100% accurate because no movie is completely 100% accurate. But like that, it, it, it's so much work. It, I feel like I'm, I've been doing a term paper for a year, you know, like it, it's just like I'm going to be so happy when I can just start page one on two people I've never met before and who are, who are living in some fictional world that I get to create because this has been mm. a lot of work. 
Yep, and uh, four years after you hit that first page, we'll finally get the last one. So you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Uh, you check out robertandcheek.com where you can find links to all the stuff that I'm working on uh, and the stuff that I have worked on before, including the books, which are available on Amazon. Barrow's books. Thank you. Uh, Corey's masking up for some reason. You guys can't see this, but he's, I can see it. He's masking up. Here, let me put it back here. It's throwing me off. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so check out all that stuff. Um Corey's been working on one screenplay for a year. Uh, I have like seven screenplays going concurrently that I'm working on all at the same time. Uh, also, You've started seven. <laughs> you could find me uh, at, uh, as Robert and Cheek on Call of Duty when I'm just like, fuck it. I just feel like playing Call of Duty tonight. Uh, always looking for zombie uh, people to play with. So come find me on Activision. Yeah. By the way, this is not the way you're supposed to wear your mask. Just in case. It goes over your nose. It goes over your nose, Corey. In case anyone's been watching sports and think this is the proper way to do it, uh, well, I Are think we've done. Supposed to have the the droopy ball bag like uh, Andy Reid had. Is that the <laughs> correct way to wear a mask? He's got he's got a pouch built in so that the microphone could stick in there, which I'm oh, sure is that what it is. I'm sure is worse than like the ventilation things on some masks. You know, the plastic little vents. <laughs> I assumed uh, that for some reason he just filled it with like M&Ms so that he could reach out with his tongue, <laughs> like a feed bag and just move them into his mouth during the game. His two, his two tusks just started grabbing, grabbing little yeah. m <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. That's what I assumed. But yeah. Anyway. Andy, Reed, Andy Reed looks like a walrus. That's that joke. Yes. He, he looks like a walrus. Uh, by the way, don't watch walrus or, or uh, 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 Tusk. Don't watch Tusk. <laughs> the Kevin Woo! Smith movie. That weirded the fuck out of me. Uh, good movie, but boy, that was that weird. Okay. Not, not yeah. a good movie. I, I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith. <laughs> not a good movie. <laughs> For a certain crowd of psychopaths like myself, if you agree with my comments on this show, you'll enjoy Tusk. Well, <laughs> well can I give one more one more quick note? I've been watching uh, sure. uh, Nick Watt a lot on CNN because he gives like the updates on COVID from L.A., Mm -hmm. And I always like how quick he is with the mask. Like he'll be like on screen like this. And it's just like Brooke Baldwin throwing to him. And he's just like, here's the thing on LA. <laughs> it's like a quick, <laughs> the Irish guy. I do know a, who you're talking about. Quick release. He's just, <laughs> things are bad <laughs> here in LA. <laughs> At some point he's going to have the full cat five biological suit and just be like, here's the thing, Brooke. Things are really going bad here in LA. Like, uh, it, should you have taken off that mask? Probably it, not. But you it's gonna to be like me. Iron Man, where he just hits the button and <laughs> it all comes unlit. <laughs> I'm in here, in Los Angeles, where it's a fucking wall zone. Uh, that dude is like super friendly, but I know 100 percent he has been in a war zone before. He, like he's the guy who's like, I'm tough because I've seen some shit. All right, so <laughs> Nick okay. Watt's good. I don't. I like him. <laughs> the fuck me with too. Nick Watt. <laughs> I enjoy him. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Toodaloo. <laughs> Throwback.